0: Roger that, Houston. All systems, All systems five, five, 5 5 But what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. That's Get away from her, you bitch! i am right. I'm Batman. No. or oh, do not. There is no
1: tomorrow. It is Nerdfest podcast time. Welcome. And today on the microphone we have got...
2: Ian McLaughlin. Daniel Watkins. Peter Johnson. The artist formerly known as John Farthing.
1: And I'm Hazel Burton. We have got loads on today. We've got a Shameful Gap. Ian's actually got a Shameful Gap. Oh,
2: yes, I do. It's amazing.
1: And it's a really good one. Can't wait to talk about that. Um, We've also got some new nerd recommendations for you. We've got Film Bluff or Film Bluff. And because the Infinity War trailer, the second one, uh, came out just yesterday, we'll talk about that first. Um, So Thanos has made his... Is Thanos? Thanos? Thanos, I think it is. They, they appear
3: to be saying Thanos, Thanos. in the film trailer. Well,
1: not not Thanos, uh, Ian Mayer.
3: No, he's not here <laughs> to defend himself. Or his,
1: <laughs> well, to
3: be or fair, it's a, it's on pronunciation. It's a name that's only ever been written down. So yeah. hmm. how are you hmm. supposed to know how it's pronounced? It could have been Spiderman the whole time. We just don't know.
1: Very true. Just whatever <laughs> <Spiderman>. <laughs> It's possible. <laughs> Or as the Americans call it, Iron Man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, Thanos is here to wipe out half of humanity According to his uh, green-faced daughter, Gamora Yes Um, And we see him um, causing the Avengers quite a lot of peril In particular Thor and Doctor Strange and Iron Man Who seem to be um, on the brink And and also Captain America They're all in peril Um, It's almost like they want us to see
3: the film (laughs)
1: almost yeah. <laughs> i think i might turn up anyway though yeah um but yeah what did we think to the the final trailer before the april 26th release is it twenty
3: sixth, 27 uh 26th here we get it a day before america yeah a
1: day oh, i thought it was going to be a week
2: it was a week and then america moved up a week and then we moved up a day so i'm hoping this just keeps happening that it actually <laughs> it actually came out last year now <laughs>
3: yeah this is the effect of the time stone yeah. i think
1: so we've got several locations. Um, some of it is being set in Wakanda, the Battle of Wakanda, because there is an affinity stone there. Is there? Um, or, well, I, I believe so. Well, why that's, why that's, would you? I go? thought we
4: knew there was, didn't we?
3: No, yeah. we, we have nothing confirmed as to the whereabouts of the yeah. Stone. Uh, okay. Everybody's assuming it's in Wakanda, possibly in the middle of that massive meteor yeah. full of vibranium. But it, an alternative theory I've heard is that in order to escape from Thanos... The Vision, who has a stone in, in his, his head, head yeah. goes to Wakanda. Therefore, the bad guys follow him because he's got a stone in his head, and that's where he is. Mm. So we don't know where the last yeah.
2: stone is. I mean, it could be Biker Wall.
3: It could be on the <laughs> Biker Wall. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they they shoot in Edinburgh, they shot in Durham. They mm-hmm. they could shoot in Biker secretly. Yeah. So where did they shoot in Durham? Uh, the cathedral. All oh, right. Rocket Raccoons motion capture equivalent. Uh, was sighted at Durham Cathedral, or at least a scale model of him. And the directors were around. I think Chris Hemsworth and Mark Ruffalo were both there. And strangely, Mjolnir the Hammer was sighted because, Mm. I I don't know, maybe it comes back.
4: Or maybe they thought it was Mjolnir, but it's actually the one that Hemsworth gets later in the movie. Yes. Because he does get a different hammer, doesn't he? We've seen in the trailer.
3: (sighs) I missed that bit. That's what I thought. New hammer.
1: We've watched it it's a times, time. Dan. I know. <laughs> I was too mesmerised
3: by all the lightning. He popped down to like, BMQ. Something like Stormbreaker,
4: Stormbringer, something like that. Does that ring any bells? No. no. Where's Ian when you need him? Here I am. <laughs> Not the Ian
0: you want.
3: Not parallel universe, Ian. If you collect all the Ian stones,
2: um, you do have control over the ian <laughs> 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 I'm um I'm I'm quite pleased we don't know an awful lot about it still um a lot of little shots in the trailer I think there's some clever editing to make things look connected that probably aren't there's yeah.
4: a lot of people in one place reacting to someone saying something in a completely different location yeah, yeah there's
1: yeah. like there's iron man saying what's his name again and gamora saying thanos and they're clearly on different planets mm-hmm. um so
4: but, yeah. if his daughter's called gamora does he have a son called sodom as well
3: he seems to only adopt daughters
1: yeah Yeah, what's uh, Karen Gillan's Nebula Nebula Mm. but we don't see
3: her in the trailer
1: she is in it though
3: definitely Mm -hmm. in the movie well
0: you you just say that actress's name again
3: Karen Gillan oh (laughs) thank you Um, (laughs) uh, at the yeah at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 she says she's going to go and kill Thanos so that is presumably going to happen near the start of the film if she finds him. I
1: presume she's mm-hmm. unsuccessful. <laughs> it looks
3: like it.
2: Why is he only going to kill half of humanity? Something about balance? He'd finish the job. If I was Thanos... God forbid. I wouldn't go and kill <laughs> half the people, then just one like, Oh, well, they're not going to come for revenge, are they?
3: But is he going to subjugate the other half,
2: though? I certainly hope so. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, you think he'd have the power to just get rid of everyone, but mm. then there would be nothing to control,
2: I suppose. Yeah.
3: If you're the only thing left in the universe. Hollow victory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 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 Conspicuous, though,
0: is who is conspicuously missing from the trailer.
1: Yes. uh, John's favourite. No
2: Hawkeye. And no Ant-Man either. He's there. He's just really small. (laughs) We've gone over this. I can understand there not being being an Ant-Man because there's an Ant-Man film coming out after Infinity War. So I imagine they don't want to mess around with the timelines or have it set in between, I, I'm a, I'm going to go on a limb and say there might be a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the first film. Don't oh, you that's think? not
1: a... <laughs>
2: <laughs> So I think it would be odd to have Ant-Man in some peril, and then an Ant-Man film come out that's not related to it.
3: Mm-hmm. Do we think that Howard the Duck is going to turn up? Well, we know that Benicio del Toro is in it, mm-hmm. because he's listed mm-hmm. in the credits of people who are in it. And one of the Infinity Stones is currently with him in one of his museums, which also stores Howard the Duck, who we know survived the explosion in Guardians One. So maybe
4: I think there's so much explaining you have to do for Howard the Duck that I don't. I'd be surprised if he's in this
1: one. Is he
2: going to bring the girl from Bats of the Future along with him?
1: Which
4: one? Yeah, Thompson. There's, there's, there's Leah several. Thompson. Leah <laughs>
2: Thompson. The, am I the only person' that's seen the Howard the Duck film? I've
4: seen it. I've seen it. The, are you talking about this uh, big sex scene between Howard the Duck and Leah Thompson?
2: Well, the first shot has a topless duck in a bath, which always struck <laughs> me as very odd for something that's supposed to be a family film. The topless duck? A topless, a topless well, the ducks lady are duck. Well, topless. But the, the topless lady duck has human breasts, of humanoid breasts.
3: This sounds more complicated than
2: Annihilation.
3: Yeah. I had it intriguing.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It's very it's a very strange film. It I think I think we should do a like a group watch of that film and then we'll talk about it afterwards because mm-hmm. it is weird.
1: There's some uh, comedic relief at the end with a little bit of a sting where uh, Dr. Strange introduces himself to Spider-Man as Dr. Strange because he's Dick and Spider-Man <laughs> says, "Oh, oh, we're uh, we're going with our made-up names then. Then I'm Spider-Man rather than Peter Parker." Um so as 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 dark as I think this film is going to be because it's going to deal with quite a few uh Major deaths. Um, Hopefully, there's still going to be some light relief.
4: (laughs) So, who do we think is going to die? Because I think that's a good point of speculation. Well, he Mm -hmm. can't die if he's not in
3: it. Exactly Uh half of them.
2: Yeah. I I think that the first scene is going to be Hawkeye going up against Thanos with a fucking bow and (laughs) arrow and (laughs) being crushed immediately.
3: In your dreams. (laughs) He might just take one look at the whole thing going on and think, nah. I, I've, got, I've
2: got Velma from the live-action Scooby-Doo at home. I'm not getting involved in this. I'm just going to stay in my cabin with Linda Cardellini and sit this one out.
1: I'm pretty sure uh, Loki's going to die pretty soon in the movie because mm. um, the the Tesseract is the, the Blue Stone and he's got that in most of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Loki's probably... He's, he's done his arc now. He's mm-hmm. been bad. Now he's like been redeemed. And now I think he's um, probably going to um, die as a result so of giving up. It it'll be because a right.
2: low-key performance. <laughs> uh, you, you, you beat me to that by about a second. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so I I think we'll lose one of the key four though, yeah. mm-hmm. at the end of this movie. And then you'll have a small victory at the end. But by the end, he'll have, what, maybe four out of five of the stones or something like that. There'll be some sort of, oh, he's very nearly winning.
1: Yeah, well, as Ian Mayer, who I hopefully are going to articulate his ideas on his behalf, um, he reckons that um, Thanos is going to win and he's what? going to achieve his objectives. And then the second film is going to be like a little bit of a Star Wars rebellion type as they try and, um, whoever's left, try and take him down again.
4: So he is actually going to wipe out half of half of humanity. the universe.
1: Yeah.
3: That's pretty dark to end a part
4: There's one There's rooms
2: on. of time travel in part two, though, isn't there? I'm hoping we're not going to get a Doctor Who-style reset button.
3: One of the stones is the time stone. Mm -hmm. So timey stuff is possible. There's also, and I think this is where Ant-Man ties into it, the quantum realm. And that's weird and trippy and psychedelic and could probably do things that could potentially reverse things. We know that in Ant-Man and the Wasp, they're probably going into that realm to try and find Michelle Pfeiffer. Maybe Thanos is about to win... And then they do some kind of weird quantum thing and it just pauses. Every- I don't know how quantum works. Can't Dr. Strange do
2: time thingy as well, well with his hands? There's
1: this theory that Dr. Strange is actually a double agent and is working for Thanos. Um, and he's being mm-hmm. tortured not by the, the was it Dark Order, the Black Order? The Black Order. Black Order. Uh, not by them, but he's being tortured by other, like the goodies. For information, because he's actually what, a Bill super D, spy. Bill O'Dea,
4: Timbuk-Taylor, Graeme Gunn? <laughs> <laughs> yes. How many listeners will
0: understand that reference?
2: Yeah. We've well, had a biker wall reference for the yeah. American
1: audience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I suppose they could also um, uh, take a real cop-out and just get Jeff Goldblum to fly a stolen spaceship into Thanos' glove. With Daryl. Yeah,
3: and, and uh, put a <laughs> virus into it.
4: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. On I, a USB stick. But,
3: so, yeah, I... I, I was just thinking, how does the Grandmaster from Ragnarok fit into this? He's not credited, but I realise now it was an Independence Day joke.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for
2: that explanation. <laughs> Thank you for explaining. The, is Interselva still alive? He, yeah, I, he's in the cast list. Ah. I, think he, um, I, th- I think that spaceship of survivors from Ragnarok might be in a bit of trouble. Is that because we see uh,
4: Hulk in his human form on the ground? Yes. Yeah. Doctor Strangers, which mm-hmm. implies it crashed.
3: Yeah, and um, the scenes with Thor and Rocket and Groot look like they're on a spaceship that's been smashed about yeah. Isn't quite it, a bit.
1: At the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they feel a bump. And what we're led to believe is the bump is the, is Thor's ship bumping into them.
2: I've seen there was some footage at Comic-Con or somewhere yes. like that. And was yeah. it not actually just Thor bumping into the
0: ship? Yes, yes, he bumps, he bumps into the, into oh, the, into the so front so screen Thanos of it and then wipes down like a pigeon.
1: Thanos is squeezing Thor's head. And so maybe he picks him up and launches him into space and that's where he ends up.
2: Quite possibly. Mm -hmm. Realise none of this will actually be anything like what happens in the actual film.
4: So is it reasonable to assume we're all really looking forward to it? Is there anyone who's looking forward to it less after seeing the trailer? We're looking forward to
2: it. I'm I'm still unsure about some of the CGI.
0: Yeah, but it's oh. still early, isn't it? They they often perfect that right up to the very last moment. I thought
2: Thanos they? looked better, though. That might yeah. be just by getting more used to him. I think Thanos looks a little bit like him. For some reason, somebody made a Bruce Willis dildo. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but the, is it called some pun really? to do with Die Hard, what, where, by who, where
1: can one buy these things? <laughs> 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 just out of curiosity, asking for a break. Hansomers
2: is going yeah. for the geek market. <laughs> <clears throat> right,
1: okay.
2: I just hope um, that
4: Karen
3: Gillan's clothes just... Fall off <laughs> at some point. Even when she's a blue cyborg alien. Especially. On on the CGI point, the, the counter I've heard to that is how do you make a realistic nine foot tall purple alien? Well. Are we talking about dildos again? <laughs> I hope
1: not, but it'll probably go that way. The nine foot tall when purple alien? Is,
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, well, you do it. You could do it with uh, prosthetics, but then you end up with Ivan Ooze from Power Rangers. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and they already did that with Oscar Isaac in
2: yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah, CGI is the way to go, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. The film, not the dildo.
2: Nor <laughs> <laughs>
4: are you.
1: <laughs> of, you know, equal, this, this is spoken uh,
4: <laughs> by someone who knows she has the power of the edit. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's yes. midnight,
2: it's two and a half hours
4: long.
1: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Cut all the references to Bruce Willis' dildo. <laughs> Uh, i all still staying in.
3: <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by the Bruce Willis dildo company.
2: Give <laughs> more fuck than Bruce Willis has for the last twenty years of his career.
1: I mean, I mean, does it like speak? Did it say I yeah. don't Yeah. At the moment of you know you just <laughs> climate, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to do some market research. It is nerd recommendations time. So this is where um, anything we've watched over the last couple of weeks and would like to recommend to the podcast world, we uh, di- divulge. Um, Ian, you've uh, seen Annihilation, I believe.
0: I think it's a pretty good film, actually. It's uh, it's it, it's it's very deep. It's nothing like Ex Machina at all. Um, has a kind of interstellar feel to it. Uh, without any spoilers, very simple kind of premise. Say meteorite crash lands on Earth next to a lighthouse and emits this strange multicoloured shimmer that's a bit like a bubble. Um, so the US government set up a research centre and send various parties in to try and figure out what's going on and none of them return. We cut to two years later and the wife of one of the soldiers has gone missing, who's also an ex-military person, is sitting at home, desperately trying to get over the loss of her husband and he turns up. In a strange way
1: Oh Mm -hmm.
0: What happens Oh yes And then uh, The government suddenly arrive And uh, take them both To this research facility And she finds out that Again he was one of these Soldiers sent into this big bubble uh, Trying to figure out What was going on And she feels That the only way That uh, she can help her husband Is by going in there With a group of Intrepid female warriors And so they enter This shimmering bubble And it all goes Horrendously wrong it's kind of all about what it's like to be human, about DNA, and if an alien were to try uh, to come to this planet and 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 do things to us, might it be done in a very subtle way? So it's, it, has, it has tones mm. of War the Worlds in some way, like sort of the red stuff that populates the planet. Um, it's got some great CGI. It's very visceral, but there's some really nasty, nasty moments in it, quite horrible. But the ending, the last half hour, is unbelievably psychedelic in, in, in a very positive way. And I think you you leave the film going, what the actual F went on, <laughs> but then you spend the next two days going, oh, what the actual F went on. <laughs> the delayed reaction. Yeah, maybe. and then you start to try and figure it out. And it is, it's, it's, it leaves lots of really nice questions in your brain.
1: Mm. Dan, how many days ago did you watch it?
3: I watched it about five days ago.
1: Okay, so what stage are you at now?
3: I am at the stage where I probably still need Ian to explain the ending to me, but we will do that off mic so that we don't spoil it for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, At the time watching it, I had no idea what was going on. Shortly after watching it, we did find an explanation video that just went through a few of the key themes. That was quite helpful, and that was an immediate, oh, that was what they were going for, and it all started to fit into place in my head, I would agree with the comparisons to Interstellar in that there are lots and lots of ideas. And if you're looking for a straightforward, people go into scary place and scary stuff happens kind of film, it's probably not for you. But if you like your sci-fi, um, a level up from Arrival, but not quite as confusing as Interstellar, Annihilation is probably the one for you.
1: So it's on Netflix
3: it's available
0: on Netflix at the moment uh, from this week onwards and I uh, highly recommend it. I think it's uh, it's a, a pretty good attempt at some meta-sci-fi.
3: It's certainly the best film that has gone straight to Netflix over here that's come out in the past few months. So that's a high
1: bar, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Still very, very angry about Claverfield Paradox. Mm-hmm. Has anyone seen that film
2: where... Um Jared Leto is a Yakuza, an American mixed... Not yet. Similar like Outsider? I can't the remember outside, the outsider. I hear it's worse than The Cloverfield Paradox.
3: I, I assume Jared Leto spent four to five years in Japan immersing himself in the <laughs> role.
2: Possibly, yes. Um, if it stops him making films for four to five years, then <laughs> yeah. let, let's let's go for that, yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm still not over the fact that his part in Blade Runner 2049 should should have been David Bowie's.
2: hmm
1: mm.
3: And that he... Never saw any of the cast or crew because he decided to be blind for the entire shoot. He's and, a um, dick, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he? Is. And w- would come onto the set blindfolded with his assistants. Really? Wow! So he could, so he could act blind. Did he learn nothing
2: from doing Suicide Squad? How <laughs> everyone hated him as a result <laughs> of that. I, I, I just think David just just taken the piss out of him, like. they they encourage him to go all in and uh, do lots of research for these roles and go method and then just cut his role down to absolutely nothing in the end because that's twice twice in the last year that's happened
4: Jared we're going to need you to only have one leg for this next movie
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh we changed our
2: minds (laughs) I I think even Daniel Day Lewis looks at him and goes really Jared no yeah
3: Yeah, at least my method acting gets results Jared
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just the idea of going up to him at the Oscars and just slapping him and saying that.
3: <laughs> yeah, just recreate the drink your milkshake scene from There mm. Will Be Blood, but for real.
2: I had a I had an awkward moment um, in I, I I I had a abortive holiday this weekend, which I talked about before we started recording. Was Jared Leto there? No, but uh, we we went to a holiday cottage, and the reason that I'm back recording the podcast is because um, the cottage where we were staying had no e- no heating. And apparently it was because somebody had stolen the oil from the cottage. It had oil heating. So my girlfriend's mum said, how does somebody steal some oil? And I went, well, I just bought all the land around that got a big straw, then I drank your milkshake. <laughs> absolute silence from my girlfriend's entire family.
3: Uh, I applaud yes. that reference.
1: Uh, Dan, what else have you been watching this week?
3: Well, it's not new stuff, but... In preparation for the impending release of Avengers Infinity War, I am trying to work my way through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe wow. oh. before its release. In order? Or? In order. Oh. Uh, so far, I've only got through Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk, but I do, <laughs> <laughs> I do recommend to anyway, I get through all <laughs> I 17 in the just, next month.
2: How long does it take you to watch the first two? Um, Iron Man we watched
3: last weekend. Incredible Hulk was just this morning, just before I set off. So you average in one this. a week.
2: Avengers comes out in six weeks?
3: Yeah, I'm going to need to pick up the pace. Okay. Um, but I hadn't seen all of Incredible Hulk for a long time, and it's, it's very weird watching it back. It feels like it should have been directed by Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. It's just got this weird glossy sheen over everything where dramatic stuff is supposed to be happening, but it doesn't feel dramatic at all. The first Hulk film is that where he chucks lots of tanks around.
2: Is that the? I always get that the one mixed Vision. up with the Young Lee one. Yeah, the Young Lee one is the Hulk. It's just Hulk, it's isn't Eric it? Banner. And then Louis Finch Dog is who the you Incredible Hulk. Ruffalo in the first one, is it? Edward Norton. Edward, Edward Norton. Norton.
0: Norton. That's right. Like me, whenever, whenever I hear the word Ruffalo, I think of the Gruffalo for some reason. Yes,
2: <laughs> Mark Gruffalo.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, Marvel films have come a long way since that Incredible Hulk film, but I, I recommend watching it just to see the difference and. It feels like when they were making that one, they didn't have all these grand plans, even though there are little mentions of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tony Stark turns up at the end. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an oddity, mm. but I'm nothing if not a completist, so I've only got 15 more to go.
2: But um, doesn't Tony Stark turn up and appears that like he's going to be on General Ross's side and say, oh, I hear you've got a Hulk problem. And then the mates by the time of the Avengers, and it's never really...
3: Yeah, but General Ross doesn't turn up again until Civil War.
2: Mm, I was surprised because I, I always kind of thought that they'd decided that he wasn't in continuity almost because the the recast. <laughs> it's the incontinence there for a minute. <laughs> almost incontinent. <laughs> um, because the recast, The Hulk, and there's no reference to it. And then suddenly, William Hurt turns up in Civil War, which struck me as odd. Mm. Yeah,
3: and there's a moment in Ragnarok, I think, where Bruce Banner does a, a jump out of a flying. Vehicle, which is supposed to be a yeah. callback to Edward Norton doing it and turning into the Hulk mid-drop in mm-hmm. The Incredible Hulk, but it fails and he just falls.
1: Yeah, he he, he falls out. Well, he jumped out of the spaceship and ostensibly to fight the giant dog, um, but he doesn't Hulk up. He like just lands as Bruce Banner and he's like, "Oh, well, that didn't work, did it?" And then, yeah, what? I just Why are you laughing it? at I me?
0: It's just the way we just we quite casually just go. He jumps out of a spaceship to fight a giant <laughs> yeah. dog. It's
1: like perfectly yeah. <laughs> <pretty> normal. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: Everyday
1: event.
3: So yeah, that's my recommendation. Watch all the Marvel films if you've got time. Even Thor two. Even Thor two, which I is better than <gasps> the Incredible Hulk.
2: Did Did we see uh, Christopher Eccleston give an interview where he said um, he's tagged off Thor two and GI Joe? And I think he said on Thor two, every day on the set was like going and putting a gun in his mouth.
3: Yeah, he was saying that before the film was released, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, he didn't We've- have to watch it though. And yeah. he was also
4: saying the BBC hated him and all sorts of other things Yeah, for leaving yeah. Doctor Who. I
3: mean, it's, it's no secret that lots of actors do the Marvel films purely for the money. I mean, Glenn Close has said it for Guardians of the Galaxy, but she's at least acting like she wants to be mm-hmm. there in the film. Yeah. Because um, she's an actor. So act, Eccleston.
2: I always thought like they didn't pay massively well. Well, not, I'm not Marvel famously tight unless you're Robert Downey Jr.
3: Presumably, better than a tiny, tiny independent mm-hmm. film that she wants to make pays. So she she takes the Marvel money, however yeah. much it is, and then she can fund two or three nice little films that she really wants to do, mm-hmm. or a play, or something like that.
4: It might be the Marvel ones because you're in so many different movies that they all add up to a, a mm-hmm. decent amount in the end, rather than just the individual. I'm cash sure pile per that. Movie. Like Jeremy
2: Vine got like a couple of hundred thousand for the Avengers. They're, they're not all on multi-million pound salaries like you would think.
0: What was, what was the um, the reshoot scandal? The wage difference between men
1: and women? Oh, that was um, for uh, All the Money in the World, which, um, so when Kevin Spacey was uh, sacked by um, Ridley Scott and they needed to reshoot quite a lot of the film, Mark Wahlberg was paid a million or something like that, maybe more than that, and Michelle Williams was paid pittance um, and they were both doing like similar work. It was kind of like Uh, equity minimum or something she was paid. Yeah, which is weird because they both had the same agent. Um, mm. So, there, yeah, there was a massive scandal in terms of, you know, women were paying, being paid hardly anything compared to the men. Although, Mark, to his credit, Mark Wahlberg did donate his, chari- his money to charity. Um, Which I'm sure
2: he would have done without the weeks of bad publicity. <laughs> we love you, Mark. We don't, Mark. You made Transformers.
1: <laughs> I'm taking a similar revision towards Infinity War, but it also it involves me watching Thor Ragnarok like 20 times. that's very dedicated of you thank you very much yeah (laughs) but in terms of new stuff unless anyone's not seen it already i went to see uh i tonya last week which is the story of tonya harding the american ice skater um and her involvement in or alleged involvement i should say in the attack on her rival nancy kerrigan when she got her uh, her knee kind of taken out in in the 1994 uh, olympics it's a it's kind of a mockumentary in that it kind of recreates some of the interviews that were done with the main uh, the main participants, and it opens the the the, the open title side is um, based on irony free, wildly contradictory, totally true interviews with Tonya Harding and Jeff uh, Gillooly, I think his name is, uh, who is uh, Tonya Harding's ex husband who was involved stroke not involved in the attack, and it's it's a kind of a dark comedy. Uh, there's lots of kind of brutal moments in it, but it is quite funny as well. It's a nice piece. I really enjoyed it. And Margot Robbie is uh, excellent. And Alison Janney, oh, She's I great. love her. She's my favourite ever actress. Very well deserving of uh, Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars, which I stayed up all night to watch.
2: How long do the Oscars actually last? They're still going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so I haven't slept for two weeks. Um, it lasted for, I, I, I remember going to bed about 5am. I think it's the, it's the ceremony started about one I remember thinking, this is why I love the movies, because it's like a big celebration of, uh, of all the cinematic greats that have happened over the past year or so. And there has been some fantastic movies, even though um, The Shape of Water won.
4: I thought that was a really good movie. <laughs> I enjoyed The Shape of Water. I, I still haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. I did enjoy it I thought it, yeah. it played really well. Uh, I thought it's, um, it kind of, you're still not quite sure who to believe by the end of the movie, which is interesting, because yeah. it's obviously kind of her story. To some it extent
1: takes a sympathetic approach to her because she um, she's kind of seen as the underdog because of the way that she was brought up, um, so she's kind of got this very gruff personality kind of hillbilly very redneck and she was kind of judged unfairly because of that by or judge mm. literally judges um, at the ice skating and because she had more of a kind of athletic kind of powerful kind of skate rather than like a ballet dancer like graceful um, she was kind of marked down for her appearance and stuff like that, and you kind of think that's that's harsh um so the movie kind of takes a quite a sympathetic uh, view towards her but at the same time you think actually i could believe that she was involved so it's kind of it leaves the it leaves it open to interpretation i think
4: i read the stuff on appearance it was also your dress isn't nice enough and it was things like that as well which is obviously even worse
1: yeah, I have been doing some reading and the judges did say that to her. Like if you if you turn up in that dress again, the pink one that she made herself, you'll never get anywhere. Right. Um, she didn't say uh, suck my dick, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she did kind of go up to the judges and kind of have a word with them. Um, so, yeah, she's kind of a kind of a feisty character. Um, but how feisty? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but
0: does she fuck a fish?
1: <laughs> uh, that must have happened off screen. Didn't then,
0: then it's no shape of water, then, is it? <laughs>
2: Um, I saw something live that I very much enjoyed, which I think is still on tour in the UK, uh, which is David Baddiel's My Family, Not the Sitcom. I've heard of
1: that. Yeah.
2: yeah um, I was a big David Bedeal fan when I was a teenager, when it was back in Newman and Baddiel. Um And then I grew up and he didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, and he kind of realized a lot of his stuff was quite puerile and so on. But as the, opposed to
4: the maturity of your humor. As
2: opposed to my mature, <laughs> yeah, I, I go for the more mature dick joke.
1: <laughs> um, sorry, I was going to extend that but I'm, I won't
2: <laughs> D- Don't extend his dick jokes No uh, The mature dick is the tagline for the Bruce Willis <laughs>
1: Um this background again <laughs>
2: um, But uh, it's brilliant it's, um, Basically it's talking about his parents and um, his mother died and his father's been diagnosed with a form of Alzheimer's so you would think, you know, comedy gold Um <laughs> But it's uh, it's brilliant. It's one of the, the funniest things I've seen. It it's more of a one man monologue than a than stand up. Really, really well done. And we went hysterics all the way through, and almost in tears a few times as well. So if you can catch that, and I'm sure it's going to be filmed and out on DVD at some point, then I would highly recommend it.
1: Uh, Peter, what have you been watching this week?
4: Uh, well, this week I watched Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, which ah. Ian will love because it has Karen Gillan in it. Do her clothes fall off? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yes, most of them do at one point. I, I'm, uh, that's probably, I'm, I'm leaving. About <laughs> <laughs> <Back>, two minutes. <laughs> yeah. One and a half. One, yeah, we be 15. That includes the soup. <laughs> uh, has anyone else seen it? No. no, I really want no, to see do. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, mean, I want to see it because it's got pretty good uh, reviews so far. Everyone said it's, I think, much better than everyone's expecting, really. It's based on the 1995 movie, which itself based on a 1980s uh, storybook. Um, but it updates it to be about video games instead of about board games. Four kids go, get put in detention. They find this old video game, um, and they each choose a character from the menu, and the attributes of that character is what they become, so... The nerdy guy ends up uh, in the game and he's the rock. So you have the rock kind of acting like a nerdy guy, but looking like the rock. And he's actually really, really good at it. And he, he does make movies you might not otherwise want to watch. He he always makes them watchable and enjoyable, and you're he always, he always on his team. Mm-hmm. The sort of nerdy girl ends up choosing Lara Croft, basically, and ending up in the Tomb Raider outfit, which is what Karen Gillan spends most of the movie in. <sighs> <laughs> Ian's <laughs> looking very
2: satisfied there. This episode is sponsored by the 1970s carry-on scriptwriters.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> and the blonde social media girl who spent her life faking it for the camera, as it were, uh, ends up as Jack Black, who for me has been a bit... Uh, I feel he's always the same thing in every film, and I've not really enjoyed him in the last couple of films I've seen him in. But he's actually really good in this, because they're making him be a different character inside... The Jack Black not being Jack Black, if that makes sense. There's a couple of good computer game gags, which I kind of will not spoil because there aren't that many of them. Um, but overall, it's yeah, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's good fun. It's two hours fairly well spent with a good popcorn movie. The weakest part was probably the villain, who is sort of you know, makes Marvel villains look substantial. But you don't really mind because you still enjoy the journey with them, I think. And uh, weird enough, it has lots of CG rhinos in it as well.
2: So John will be uh, happy. Are they what size are the CG rhinos? They are
3: normal sized
4: rhinos. And then,
2: then that is acceptable.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they are normal sized rhinos. But they will look giant to you. Okay. <laughs> it's a perspective
2: thing to mm-hmm. how close they are. These rhinos are small. <laughs> These are far How's Williams in it?
4: Uh, his character turns up. Not, Is not played by him. Just mentioned um, uh. in that uh, Alan there's a, something, isn't it? Alan, Alan Parrish, Alan yeah. Parrish, yes. There's a fifth person that they they find uh, who went into the game twenty years earlier, and he's living in a place that he says Alan Parrish built this. It's his house. I'm just living in it. Oh, so there's a little callback call there. Call yeah, back. but I'd I'd recommend it. It's good fun. Does um Karen Gillan ride a Rhino? <laughs> She doesn't, but it oddly because we're also mentioning the Scooby Doo and um, Linda Cardellini. Yes. There's a very similar scene with Karen Gillan where they kind of try and teach her to be sexy. Doesn't John's entire, head is about? Well, to Jack doesn't to need teach to teach be Well,
2: yes, exactly. Um, okay. where's, where's Ian gone? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: this episode title: Karen
2: Gillan rides a rhino. Yes. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it was it <the> second <laughs> days show Wasn't it where he built a rhino that I hid inside? Yes. I'm not suggesting he is going to go and do that now.
3: <laughs> I don't think it's the rhino he's interested in.
2: <laughs> no, but if he hides in the rhino, <laughs>
3: this is genius.
2: It's a elaborate plan.
1: Shall we? Shall we move on? No. <laughs> 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 I'm just
2: looking forward to all this being edited out.
1: <laughs> it's all staying in. <laughs> Okay, quiz time. Film buff or film bluff? Uh, Anyone who's never uh, listened to this feature before, this is where all of us nerds has come prepared to recite three pieces of movie trivia. Uh, But only two of them are true. Um, So we've got to work out which one is the bluff. Uh, Dan, you say you're ready?
3: Yeah, my film buff or film bluff this week is based on movie sound effects. Mm. So I'm going to list three unusual but famous movie sound effects, one of which... Is not true. Are you going to uh, perform okay. the
2: sound effects for us?
3: No but maybe through some clever splicing techniques they might turn they up They
2: may appear
1: mm. Sidewise look at me
3: um, Or Ian might just recreate them on my behalf I'll Stop it. looking at the answers <laughs> Ian has a laptop he is googling the answers <laughs> oh. wasn't, I was looking for some questions Karen Gillan pictures sure. um, yeah. Rhino costumes. I was about to just google Karen Gillan <laughs> Rhino <laughs> So uh, three movie sound effects Number one, Jaws' fin moving through water is Coca-Cola sprayed onto concrete.
4: (laughs) And now let's hear the real sound.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Number two, the T-1000 spiking someone in the eye socket is a dog eating puppy food.
2: (laughs) He found the Vino costume. (laughs)
3: Number three, the ticking sounds in Dunkirk were created by Hans Zimmer using his own pocket watch.
2: I'm not seeing Dunkirk, so when are the ticking sounds used?
3: All the way through the movie, pretty (laughs) much. (laughs) It's on the soundtrack, so it is a Hans Zimmer thing rather than the sound editing. Okay. Mm.
1: All right, so we've got Jaws. Jaws'
3: fin through water is
0: Coca Cola? Coca
3: Cola sprayed on concrete.
1: T two, you
3: two, T mm. two, and the T one thousand spiking someone in the eye socket is a dog eating puppy food. Okay, imagine it,
1: and Dunkirk. Okay, all plausible. Yeah, but you've made one of them up.
3: Yes, mm. the I think the made
0: up one. Pocket watch. Do you think the pocket watch? I you? think the pocket watch. I think the puppy the one that's actually the food. thing. I think the puppy eating dog food is yeah. the made up one. Although I can imagine it if it's short enough.
2: Mm. <laughs>
1: I can imagine the the Dunkirk one being true because there's a lot of tension and that would add to it. I'm just
0: wondering how easy it is to mic up a pocket watch and get a a good loud ticket. Fairly easy.
1: Mm. Fairly easy, yeah. That's the only
2: one that is the actual thing, isn't it? Or isn't one. That's why why it's, yeah. I think the jaw, I can imagine a Coke can being sprayed on concrete sounding like a a fin going through water.
1: We should set up a science experiment right now. We should do.
2: I've got some cans of Diet Coke in there.
1: Yeah.
2: I <laughs> have some concrete. <laughs> to the garden. <laughs>
4: and you have a dog and some dog food as well.
0: Now I'm hearing it in my head. Imagine it's like just poured out of a can onto some concrete. I can imagine it's sort of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Dog food for me. I'm
0: going <laughs> to change my mind. not another request. I'm
1: going to go for
2: the,
3: the, the pocket watches, the fake one.
2: I'm going to go for the pocket watches fake as well. I went for the pocket watch ages ago.
3: Uh, You are correct. It was the pocket watch. I'm not correct. (laughs) It was a pocket watch. It just wasn't Hans Zimmer's. It was Christopher Nolan's pocket watch uh, that made all of the ticking sounds. Hmm. The fin of Jaws going through the water was a Coke uh, sprayed onto concrete. And the T1000 eye socket spiking was the sound designer's dog. Eating puppy food, he had a little Jack Russell Terrier who inspired a lot of his sound effects. Um, he also worked him into a few of the dinosaur noises in Jurassic Park. Was oh, it Ben Bird the sound effect for that? It was for a dog. Um, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that dog's it was dead now, isn't it? that's really it was, just was someone else. He did lots. Um, he did a lot of famous nineties movies, but it wasn't Ben Bird. I can't remember his name. Mm. Um, but yeah, he created all of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Um, part of the T Rex is the same.
4: It's the Wilhelm dog.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so since I re-watched uh, Wonder Woman this week, my film buff or film bluff is in relation to Wonder Woman. So, uh, number one. Development for a live-action Wonder Woman feature film began in 1996 and went through several stages of development b- before producer Joel Silver almost brought it to screen in 2001 with Mariah Carey rumored to take on the main role. God forbid. Number two, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins attempted to make a movie titled I Am Superman, a film no relation to the DC Comics character with Ryan Gosling. Uh, the film was delayed when she became pregnant, though. And number three, Gal Gadot's first and second name respectively mean Wave and Military Boot. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Wave Military Boot sounds like a Native American tribe leader.
3: I am Superman with Ryan Gosling. What was that about?
4: Would you try using that? I mean, there's a—is it George Bernard Shaw, Man and Superman? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are other uses of the word, but I'd imagine you have so much trademark issues with that.
1: He still intends to make that.
2: Mm. If it's real, if it's real, was the first one? Who, who was doing Carried the production? Mariah Carey
1: being rumored to take on the 2001 version.
3: <laughs> There've been loads of failed Wonder Woman but attempts. J- Whedon tried. Yeah, he recently. tried with Charisma Carpenter.
4: Um, it wasn't. It was with Adrian Palicki, he tried with. Uh, Chris Carpenter suggested she'd oh, make a good she? Wonder okay, Woman, but right. it was never so actually never in production. Actually but they actually filmed a pilot with
2: Adrian Palicki. Uh. I think that's true to the extent of it nearly got made, but I can't see Mariah Carey being involved as Wonder Woman.
3: Maybe it did happen, but it turned into her famous film Glitter.
2: Glitter. <laughs> Shitter. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: I want for Christmas is lasso. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Can
2: we put the lasso of truth around Hazel and find out which is correct?
3: Yes, I am going... You've got one to hand. <laughs> I'm going to go for the Ryan Gosling one, being untrue. I'm going to go for Mariah Mar- 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 Carey,
2: being untrue. Yeah. Mariah Carey for me too.
1: Uh, no, Mariah Carey was very much rumoured to take part. Uh hell. Mariah Carey and Sandra Bullock were the two people who... I heard
2: were... Sandra Bullock. I knew she was ad- attached at one point.
1: Um, I Am Superman is a real thing. So we may still see that with Ryan Gosling. Um, the one I made up is uh, Gal Gadot's name. Her first name does mean wave, but her second name, Gadot, actually means riverbank. I make that military boot is uh, the French word for codulo, which is similar but different that's the one I made up hmm
2: very good Wave Riverbank sounds more pleasant than Wave Military Boot
1: mm. <laughs> although she did because um Gal Gadot is a st- uh, from Israel and they still have contrib- uh, conscription mm-hmm. so for two years she trained as a uh, she was in the army mm. she was exceptionally fit
3: strangely no reaction from and for Galgadot. <laughs> I'm still thinking about carrying <laughs> sorry on a, on a rhino I'll get to Gal shortly <laughs>
2: I have a film buff, bluff or film buff. If I can get that out in English. Um, I saw this week, um, I filled a shameful gap. I saw the life aquatic for the first time. And that is, that is a such, a, such a good film. I absolutely loved it. So as a result of that, I have three Bill Murray facts for you. Two of which are true, one of which is bold. Oh,
1: you're not wearing a Bill Murray t-shirt. because I'm not. could no. have just looked at him.
2: <laughs> okay, number one. Bill Murray starred in Garfield as the voice of Garfield. Uh, he only starred in it because he thought it was a Coen brothers film, and it was only part way through f- shooting he found out it was actually written by Ethan Cohen, and he'd not <coughs> read the script properly. <laughs> Number two, at a request of his um, a priest he knew, he attended an exorcism in character as Peter Venkman from Ghostbusters in order to convince the possessed person that the ghost had been caught and would not come back and get her. And number three, during the filming of Groundhog Day, the studio insisted that he get a personal assistant to facilitate communication between him and the studio. So he got a personal assistant who was deaf and mute and uh, could only communicate in sign language.
1: Right. All
3: very Bill Murray-ish things.
1: Bill Murray famously doesn't have an agent. So the first one I can believe because, um, yeah, there's no one to kind of tell him.
3: Mm -hmm. She
4: doesn't
1: have a message Yeah, he gets back to you if he's
3: interested. But you've got to find his phone number first.
4: (laughs) I think I might have heard that first one as well. An
2: interesting Garfield fact, Bill Murray did the voice of Garfield in the film. In the TV series, uh, it was Lorenzo Semple was the voice of Garfield. And he was also the voice of Peter Venkman in the Ghostbusters TV series.
3: Now, the Ghostbusters one is the one I'm having doubts about because I can't imagine Bill Murray willingly mm. taking on the character of Peter Venkman.
2: It was, it for, was for anything. Of, uh, well, I mean, he kind of did it in well, Land. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it was for his like his priest. He's a uh, Catholic. It was the Catholic priest that is like the priest of his local church as a favor to try and help this this troubled person. So it's kind of mm. a charitable thing.
1: Could we have fact three again, please?
2: Uh, fact three is that during the filming of uh, Groundhog Day, he hired a deaf mute who could only speak American Sign Language. Yeah, you made that up.
3: <laughs> uh, see, I feel like I've heard that one before, but that might have just been John making it up on an earlier occasion. <laughs> It's something to
0: do with John's smirk that gives
2: things away. <laughs> just a constant smirk. I need, I need
0: the uh, Dan Watkins cover my face up. I'm, I'm going to go for the deaf mute. I don't mean I'm going to go for the deaf mute because I'm still thinking about Karen Gillan, but yeah, yeah. I think the deaf mute is, yeah, I do it, is, well. is, although plausible, I think it's probably not right. Thank man. Venkman.
2: Venkman, Venkman, so it's a tie. Uh, Peter Venkman is the made-up one.
1: Oh. Yeah. Mm. He
2: never dressed. He never dresses Peter Venkman to help with an exorcism at the behest of his friend who was a Catholic priest. And the fact that two of you believed that. <laughs> that, that
1: you know of. That I that know of. It could have been, it, it just not publicised, that's
2: all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he told the story about uh, Garfield. It doesn't explain why he made Garfield 2. Contract? Yeah, money. 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 Mm -hmm. And uh, Groundhog Day was a famously difficult shoot and he fell out with Harold Ramis um, which is part of the reason I think Ghostbusters 3 never got made. They worked a lot together up to Groundhog Day and I think Bill Murray was getting divorced at the time and was having a lot of trouble in his personal life and him and Harold Ramis just butted heads. Uh, The studio wanted a very different film to what Harold Ramis wanted which was a very different film again to what Bill Murray wanted. Um, But, you know, we ended it with Groundhog Day, so it all worked out in the end. on,
0: Peter.
4: These are our, well, they're kind of thematically linked, but not all exactly on the same theme. It starts with the movie Highlander. Uh, When Highlander was brought to director Russell Mulcahy, the title was Master of the Universe. It was renamed to avoid a clash with the Master of the Universe toy line and movie. Uh, The second one is, despite Christopher Lambert's heavy French accent, he was born in America. And the third one is that the song, French Kissing in the USA, was a solo hit for Debbie Harry of Blondie, written by the co-creator of the Big Bang Theory, Chuck Lorre. Chuck Lorre co-wrote French
2: Kissing in the USA. Mm-hmm.
3: I've never seen Highlander. Oh, shame. shame.
2: It's brilliant. Um, Christophe Lambert, who has a very strong French accent, plays a Scottish warrior. Sean Connery, who has a very strong Scottish accent, plays an Egyptian warrior.
4: And apparently the dialogue coach said, uh, what sort of Egyptian do you want to be? And Sean Connery said, a Scottish one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 mm. So the first one was to do with the original title,
2: mm-hmm.
4: being uh, Master of the Universe. That sounds plausible.
2: Um, There's a Queen song that's on the soundtrack, but they sing about being princes of the universe. Mm. So it may be that the individual title was Princes of the Universe rather than Masters of the Universe.
4: It could also be they renamed the song so that they still didn't clash. So they've written the song for that title. But you're not trying to back up your own lies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Masters of the Universe was sort of eighty three, wasn't it? Early eighties. So I reckon nobody's gonna write a script called Masters of the Universe.
3: Master of the
2: Universe. Master.
3: Although, when, when did Bonfire of the Vanities come out? Because the term master of the universe gets used a lot by Tom Wolfe in that mm. book. Was that late 80s? Or that was about sort of Wall Street that culture. That was
2: maybe a little bit later, yeah.
3: I don't expect that Tom Wolfe ever watched He-Man, but mm. it's possible. And the second one was that uh,
4: Christopher Lambert was born in America. And the third one is that the song French Kissing in the USA was written by the creator of the Big Bang Theory.
2: I don't think Christophe Lambert was born in America because otherwise it'd be Christopher Lambert.
3: Not not if his parents were French. It is actually spelled Christopher Lambert.
2: It is, yeah. Yes, no, no he wouldn't unless he was a prick. <laughs>
3: I'm going to say that it one's just... not true and he's French-Canadian.
2: I, I think that's a lie. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think I'll, I'll go for Christopher Lambert-ert.
4: Lambert.
1: Uh, I'm going to go for the Chuck Lorre one.
2: Okay. I, I, I'm a massive Blondie fan um, but that's a terrible t- that's the worst thing Debbie Harry's done. Uh-huh. By a long way.
4: Okay, I can tell you that it is the uh, name, Master of the Universe. Mm. Yeah. But the title was actually The
2: Dark Knight when it was mm. brought to Russell Mulcahy. Mm. So it went from Master of the Universe to The Dark no, Knight. No, it was never Master of the Universe.
4: Oh, okay. I so d- it the I deliberately picked I'll a thing think. thinking you'd think, oh yeah, there's that Queen song. Mm. That was why, <laughs> That's why I chose Master of the Universe to be the thing I claimed it yeah. was. Thinking that a little knowledge would lead you... To the wrong place. Uh, Christopher Lambert was actually born in uh, Great Neck, New York. He's Mm -hmm. the son of a French diplomat and was raised in Geneva. And it is true that French Kissing in the USA was written by the co-creator of The Big Bang
3: Theory. He used to be a songwriter. Wow. There was a film called The Dark Knight that came out in about 1994. But it's this really weird half-hour short film starring Brendan Healy as King Arthur. And... There are these weird mystical creatures called the Star Children who look like Jawas from Star Wars, but with really bright LED lights where their eyes are. And it's a very weird Arthurian legend. And it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's called The Dark Knight, but has absolutely nothing to do with Batman.
2: I liked that they brought two films called Crash Out. we a couple of years of each other. And then the second Crash won... Best picture Oscar. And I just love that because I just love the idea of like very prim and proper middle-aged ladies going, oh, Crash, best picture. I'm picking the Cronenberg version up by mistake.
4: Which is about people who like to shagging car crashes.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant, it was banned in London, wasn't it? Was it? The Westminster Council what, band for encouraging
4: it. people to crash cars? Uh, just because
2: then? they thought it was depraved and corrupt. It's Cronenberg. What do you mm-hmm. expect?
1: Over to the Karen okay. Gale test Nerd in the Corner.
2: Here we go again. My film
0: Bluff or Muff... I'm going to call it this time because it's about porn films. Of oh, course it is. It's, uh, which one of these three is the fake porn parody title? Number one is Galeons. <laughs> number two is Lord of the G-Strings. And number three is Harry Twatter. <laughs>
2: Is <laughs> the Child Aphelians they come at night mostly? mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: nice.
2: Um, so which one of those I is not real?
4: Sure
3: the third one is correct.
1: Yeah, Harry Harry Twatter is a thing.
2: It Harry is a Harry Potter
3: And the Chamber of Secrets, presumably.
2: The Philosopher's Bone. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the Goblin of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: what was the second one?
2: The third, second one was Lord of the G-Strings. It's
4: a bit uninspired, isn't it?
2: I think that's <laughs> obvious enough to have been done, I think. And definitely is a Lord of the Rings parody. They've got, they have got, used to have really good titles, but now they're just they're like The Simpsons and XXX parody. Like the, the the fun has gone out of porn titles.
1: Wouldn't it be like Lord of the Rims? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Lord of the Ring pieces. <laughs> When you took me up this mountain and said you were going to show me your egg, this is what I was expecting. <laughs> Throw it into the crack of doom.
1: Uh, I've never heard of Galians. No, I've never heard of Galians. Or there
4: and crack again. <laughs> Nobody tosses a dwarf off.
0: <laughs> so which one is it? Is it is it <laughs> Galians? Lord of the G-Strings or Harry Twatter?
1: Everyone listening is just googling and just <laughs> feeling. Like, oh God! <laughs> I want to see Galians. I
3: really hope it's real.
1: Oh, well, maybe we'll watch that later tonight. Yeah, a, yeah. The
3: fact that you haven't seen it already leads me to believe that's the title. <laughs> that <laughs>
4: okay, so but, oh, Gale- g- uh, no, I'm going to pick Lord of the G-Strings because it's terrible
0: title. Uh, Dan, what's your Galians? Yes, you're correct. Ganyan just <laughs> out. I made that one up. Uh, made it the up. Shot it. made. <laughs> so it's Quantum Deep, <laughs> which I thought was a good one. And uh, Buffy the Vampire Leia. Yes. Of course, would have to be that, wouldn't it? And my personal favourite, which was uh, Sperm favorite. Busters. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. <laughs> my favourite porn title was Beavis and Butthead Do Each Other, which was the, uh, based on Beavis and Butthead Do America. And also Men in Crack. <laughs> 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 <Burble cock. laughs> i actually do have a real
0: uh one so uh this is a real film bluff or film muff uh, enough uh first of all um william goldman's original script title for the butch cassidy and the sundance kid was raindrops keep falling and number two the idea for the poster of the usual su- suspects came before any script or any story and number three, Paul Schrader wrote Taxi Driver in Five Days, and he had a loaded gun by his desk for inspiration and motivation.
1: Hmm. I right.
2: definitely to, believe that. I'm going to step out of this because I know straight away which it is, because I know the two that are true.
1: I think the, ta- think the Taxi Driver one's true. I've yeah. definitely heard that one before.
4: They all sound quite plausible. Are you saying that just the image in the head of what the poster would look like Helped inspire writing a story it, to match it, Yes, the,
0: the writer came up with the idea For the poster in his head mm-hmm. Which then led
4: them to Write the story and the script
2: That's how most Hollywood blockbusters are now made But they, <laughs> they just skip the writing Of the script bit
4: no they do it 20 times <laughs> with
0: different writers each time and the original title for Butch Cassidy Sundance and Next Kid was Raindrops Keep Falling but the I studio decided to tell them to change that because it just didn't sound mm. like a don't western don't believe mm. that one
1: I know that well the film title got changed but it was just a reversal of the order because of um, Paul Newman being more famous than Robert Redford
2: oh. so he's called The Sundance Kid and, and Butch Cassidy yeah. do not really roll off the tongue no, as well it does it? Do
1: it?
2: it might if like, you're used to it it
1: might have been an original one I don't know so yeah so,
3: yeah. I'll I think I'll go for the first one. Yeah. First one? First one. <laughs> yeah, first one. Because John's just confirmed it. <laughs> 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 no, Hazel was spot
0: on. In fact, it was originally called The Sundance Kid and Butch Cassidy, yeah. but they made yeah. him change it because Paul was more famous. Mm-hmm. And it rolled off the tongue a lot easier. Without the word the at the beginning.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I love posters where they argue over the billing, and you end up with... One on the left-hand side, and then but the second one higher up, so they can both <laughs> argue that their first build.
3: Yeah, there was a, a discussion about this on the Empire podcast about the Avengers trailer. Just going through all of the names of the actors on the poster yeah. and whose agent has managed to get them an <laughs> and or a with
1: yeah.
3: or, or a something as,
4: an as <laughs> yeah, it's as
1: Thanos,
2: and but is it is it and it's and and, and Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt is the final one,
1: yeah. and
2: and normally. Is a big name actor who has a small role in the film, isn't it? hmm I would have And if
0: you're a yeah. child it's normally introducing.
2: hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you um for a bonus point, can you tell me which film has and introducing Julia Roberts in the credits?
1: Mystic Peter?
2: Nope. Hook? Nope. Galeens? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, it's uh, Ocean's 12. It's Steven Soderbergh being amusing.
3: Wow. Uh, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: because she, she, Yeah, Julie Roberts actually appears in Doesn't it? Nightmare on Elm
3: Street have introducing Johnny Depp?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, it was his first film role. So he always thanked Wes Craven for getting him out of teen heart from hell.
3: Can anyone introduce me to Karen Killer the funny as To get out of your throb hell. <laughs>
1: Uh, now is time for shameful gap and this is our feature where if any of us nerds has not seen something famous nerdy uh famous nerdy that's a, that's a phrase um they watch it for the very first time and then come to the podcast to talk about it now ian you and i were in the pub on tuesday and we were chatting about whether uh you do have any shameful gaps because we didn't think that you did but you have a massive tv shameful gap what would you like to own up to
0: i have never watched Firefly. Oh, shame.
1: shame.
0: Yes, uh, uh, Firefly, a space western drama that ran for only one series on American TV, which I'd never bothered watching, but uh, I've been coerced and badgered by my friends here for a long time now, telling me how brilliant it was, and I eventually got round to watching it uh, two days ago. In fact, I watched four episodes back to back. I was so enthralled. It's It's a brilliant concept of what the future might be like if it was the wild west frontier on the edges of space and you had the pioneers going out there trying to colonize and trying to make a life for themselves the 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 dialogue the costumes the design the whole feel of the thing really feels like a genuine western mm they even use actual guns rather than lasers uh, with bullets in them which was quite, which I found was brilliant as well the characters are great really complex characters you've got it's quite jungian in that uh, each member of the queue has a queue <laughs> crew has a kind of a, a classic character trope so you 've got the preacher and you 've got the warrior and you 've got the earth mother and you 've got the vulnerable child all mixed together in this one ship they 're kind of like a band of bandits really who go around scavenging and stealing and trying to trying to make a life for themselves on the outer edges of the universe pursued by the what they call it it 's not the government they' call the um the alliance the alliance a so similar kind of a, which kind of equates to the sort of the um the Union and the Federation and the American Civil War. The costumes look almost identical to the classic uh, Civil War costumes of the uh, trousers with the stripes down the side, uh, the yellows and browns and the blues. Um, the dialogue is great as well because it has a real kind of Western feel to it. So, you know, they, they, they say garam instead of swearing. Uh, there, there are heists. There's, uh, 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 and, and the ship itself looks like a horse. Serenity. Yes, Serenity itself, the ship, it looks like a horse. So
1: they're they, riding um, through this horse. Really? I've never noticed that. They built that to pretty much what it, what it is. It was like a proper um, set that had like the the first floor and then the, the second floor kind of next to each other. Mm, they, yeah. they could a properly like play around with it.
3: Yeah, because at the start of the, the film, there's this great tracking shot through the whole of the mm. ship, um, which makes you feel like they must have that it made it feel like a real place. Yeah. It is a cheat, there's an edit halfway
4: through that.
1: No! <laughs>
4: <laughs> also, it's interesting, you were talking about the Western stuff. Do you know when Star Trek was first pitched as a TV show? Um, the way they pitched it was as Wagon Train to the Stars, which was like a hit TV show at the time about people travelling from place to place in the Wild West. So the TV execs could understand how that would yeah. work as a TV series.
1: Didn't the, the pilot of Star Trek get rejected, much like the pilot yes. of uh, yeah. Firefly got rejected? So the pilot of Firefly is Serenity, which only got aired after everything. So they had to like, hastily, because the network kind of said, oh, that's not good enough. Um, they wanted something with more action. So they started with the train robbery ex- uh, episode.
0: Peter warned me about that. Yeah. and told me to watch Serenity the first of the day. And yeah. Absolutely right, because you don't get the setup of the characters, you don't mm-hmm. get the motivations. Yeah. But
2: you're saying Serenity, this is different to the film Serenity? Yes, yeah, yeah. the,
0: the pilot episode Serenity. Yeah, yeah. Ser-
1: Serenity, the film, takes place after the TV yeah. series. Uh,
0: you get the main character's motivations. He's an, an ex uh, sergeant or captain on the kind of Federation side, and they lose the war, and he ends up. Yeah. Scavenging no. with this um, strange crew. But it's key people. to the loyalty between yeah. him and his yeah. um, Absolutely female. Lo- lots
1: of uh, Han Solo in there. Uh, lots of Han Solo yeah. in
0: there yeah. and, and lots of yeah. comedy, really well, nicely timed comedy, pathos, some generally scary moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't remember what the, the, the awful e- flesh eaters, the Reavers. Yeah. I haven't oh, seen oh, one yeah. yet. And I'm already terrified.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you don't really see them much. They're they're very much a part of the film serenity. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's more kind of scary not to see them because everyone's so terrified of them.
0: And it's all just set up, you know, these horrible flesh-eating monsters and you see the kind of the the wake of their destruction Mm was left behind. All these people chained up and flailed and bits of bodies everywhere. It's...
1: Well, the the that was part of the network's kind of um, problem with it. They kept saying it was way too dark, and they tried to pitch it as this wacky comedy, Mm. and it was kind of this like quite intense, Mm. uh, dark comedy Mm. instead. So it didn't match up with audience expectations, and they kept saying, "Make it lighter, make it lighter." But also, have Mel Reynolds shoot more people. Mm. It just shows you Fox don't know what the (laughs) fuck they're talking about.
0: And of course, Joss Whedon. Yes, Whedon, 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 Joss Whedon. Um, who uh, who um, came up with the idea it's his concept created by him well uh, he
1: um, sorry to interrupt he uh, was one of the writers on Toy Story wasn't he so he kind of thought um, Cowboy and Spaceman they get along quite well together uh, let's do
0: something with uh, like that that's <laughs> interesting really yeah. interesting but he he
4: was a script doctor on things like Speed as well yeah uh, there's quite a few things
0: but the thing really excited me watching the first episode the original pilot episode of Serenity was and I know it's just an easter egg but for me it becomes canon in my head um, it suggests that Firefly is set in the same universe as Alien, because in the opening battle, there's this big battle sequence at the end of this big civil war, and our, our hero, who's played by Nathan Fillion, is it Fillion? Yep, uh, Managed to commandeer one of the uh, one of the, uh, the opposing armies, uh, sort of plasma cannons, and very very clearly in the head-up display in front of them is the Wayland Utani logo mm. at the top. I know it's an Easter egg, it's just a hint back, but for me now it's because, oh, yes, same universe.
3: Didn't Joss Whedon do script work on Alien Resurrection? He did, yes. He did, mm. yeah. Yes.
4: And also um, in Angel, which is the spin-off from Buffy, Wolfram and Hart, the evil law firm, one of their clients is Wayland yutani as well. <laughs>
0: And of course, you know, Alien is, is, is pictures kind of like trickers in space, isn't it? You know?
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah. And that has kind of similarity to the kind of Western thing. So it feels like it could almost be the same universe. Yeah,
2: because I know Fireby is in the same universe as Galians. So- <laughs> <laughs> <Fireby. laughs>
1: oh, dear.
2: So it all, all ties in. <laughs> yeah.
0: But... Uh, I love it. I'm going to watch the rest of them over the weekend. Um, I'm already really upset that it hasn't been, mm. there isn't going to be another series of it, so I want to get so far and then be really disappointed. You
1: joined the Brown Coats, yes, which are a, a rebellious uh, group of fans who, uh, well, they did everything they could at the time to get the network to bring it back on the air unsuccessfully, ultimately. but
3: It, it was kind of a, a, partly a fan campaign that helped them get the film to mm-hmm. sort of tie up some of the loose ends from the series. But then the film and,
2: lost money, didn't it? So, yeah
1: was um,
3: really I went to see it lots of times, and a kind of if I go enough times, it'll it'll be a success, I, I and they'll make see, more. But
2: I went to see the film with a friend of mine. I would never seen Firefly, so I was just very confused.
3: It was. Um, I remember seeing the film. One of the the shock moments in it was one of the most memorable memorable times. I've heard everyone in the cinema go. <gasps> yeah,
1: I know what you're uh, uh, about.
3: Something happening, um, <laughs> and I went with a group of people, some of whom loved Firefly as much as I do. Uh, Some of them had never seen any of it and everyone reacted the same way to Mm. that moment. And it's just a shame that Wallace and Gromit and The Curse of the Were-Rabbit came out at the same time and took all of its money. I blame Wallace Ooh. and Gromit.
1: The, um, when it was rumoured to be cancelled, the fans formed something called the Firefly Immediate Assistance Campaign. Uh, they so they sent in a load of postcards to uh, to Fox to try and support the production of the show and say, "Keep it going, we love it, love the concept of it." Um, and then they tried to get another network to pick up the series for a second season, and that didn't work mm-hmm. either. So, shame, yeah. it's such a
2: shame, isn't it? It's the sort of thing nowadays. Netflix would probably pick up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. But um. Nathan Fillion, the uh, main character, he, he's always said um, it's the most fun he's ever, ever had on a TV show and I think that, that shows. But actually, I don't know if anyone's seen this TV series Castle, which yeah, he stars I've in. Um, i ca- castle. <laughs> castle. <laughs> castle. 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 Um, castle. He, uh, I think it's because the producer of that show are such big fans as well, but obviously he was. Um, there's loads of great references to, uh, uh Firefly in that. And actually, in one of the scenes, um, so he plays like a, a crime author who gets to go on loads of kind of homicide cases. And in one of the episodes, um, He comes up uh, to a Chinese person and he speaks in Chinese and uh, his detective partner, Kate Beckett, says, where did you learn that? Was it on a trip to China or for school or something? And he goes, no, a TV show I used to to love.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I love Firefly. I haven't rewatched it for quite a few years. And after this discussion, it's gone right up to the top of my Watch again list um, after you've watched all the Marvel. After, after, <laughs> yeah, all, after all the Marvel films, well, it's fine because um, my girlfriend doesn't want to watch all of the Marvel films with me. She put up with Iron watch Man, the one else. but <laughs> I, Iron Man, Iron Man Two, <laughs> Thor Two, some of the other ones, she's she's not gonna she's not gonna tolerate mm. watching those. But Firefly, um, I'm hoping um, she will love as well.
1: My uh, my who
3: wouldn't mm. who wouldn't love Firefly? Mm. It's amazing
1: very true. My uh, phone screensaver has been the same for about four years uh, and it is the outline of the ship Serenity with the tagline you can't take the sky from me which um I love the I love the theme song, you know, you take my land, take my sea, you can't take the sky from me. And so I think it's a very kind of empowering message. So if ever I'm in a pissed off mood or someone pisses me off, I just look and go, oh, you can't take the sky from me. Not that I own the sky, but you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. metaphorical. That's why like
2: your phone match is normally dead by lunchtime, just constantly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was my shameful gap, which has now been filled.
1: Well, half filled. Half filled.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, how many
3: There's 50- fireflies out of 10? I would give it
0: um, eleven fireflies out of ten. I think it was it was a, a, yeah. a really groundbreaking series, really original.
1: I think the best episodes are actually later in the series, so you've got <laughs> I can't a lot wait. I
3: yeah. think keep us informed.
1: Um, and that is all we've got time for for this podcast thank you very very much for listening remember you can check us out on social media at um, Nerdfest UK on Twitter and Facebook loads of nerdy discussions on there lots of uh, new stuff that we like to talk about so please give us a follow um, but until the next episode you have been listening to
4: Daniel Watkins Ian McLaughlin Peter Johnson John
2: Farthing
1: and I'm Hazel Burton ta-ta for now
0: A burn at night mostly they
3: bum at night. <laughs> With a Bruce
2: Willis dildo.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I see dildos all the time. <laughs> Bye.
2: Bye. 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 <laughs>